Hello, welcome to the 205 Vibe Podcast, where we discuss topics related to Rockford Public Schools and the larger Rockford region. I'm your host, Earl Dotson Jr. Today, we are very privileged to have Jaime Escobedo from Subdistrict G. How you doing, sir? Well, thank you, sir. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No, we've been uh, trying to schedule this, and uh, I'm glad that you finally uh, uh, took some time and had the time you're scheduled to do this. Uh, before we get started, just for people who don't know you, um, just take a few minutes to just talk about, just tell us a little bit about sure. who you are and and your, a little bit about your background. Absolutely. So, again, uh, Jaime Escobedo, um, Subdistrict G. I've been uh, lived in uh, Rockford for uh, over 17 years. Uh, been on the board for three years. Um, work at UTC or what is now Collins Aerospace Systems. Um, uh, project uh, manager, and um, uh, again, last three years here, I've been supporting uh, school board. Been involved with the schools for uh, a little over six, seven years in various um, uh, activities, including uh, robotics and so forth. So. Um, it's been great. It's, good. it's a good experience with our Rockford Public Schools. So you 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 ran twice for the school board, if my memory serves me correct, and you you won the second time you ran. Um, so that I mean that takes some you know for someone to lose and then to come back and do it again. So t- t- tell me about what inspired you to come back and run again and want to be a part of the Rockford Public School Board? You know, it actually, uh, it's a very good question that I wasn't uh, prepared, but thank you for answering. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It takes a lot for someone to, unless you're someone that um, that politics is your career, it takes a lot for someone to say, you know what, I lost, I, I put a lot of effort, I, I walked the streets, I took a lot of my time, my personal time away from home, from my family, and I lost. And to come back and uh, do it again, it it takes a lot. And um, basically the reason is, you know, I'm not someone who's looking to uh, make politics a career. Um, I am, just like I said, I've been involved with the schools. um, And this is just another way of getting involved, supporting our kids. Um, So uh, while, yes, uh, it takes effort, you know, we all got to do something. And that's my my way of uh, being involved with the community and the schools. Those of us who are familiar uh, with your time on the school board, particularly as of late, um, would say that you have been very focused and very consistent on, you know, the, some would argue, the most important issue um, regarding education. Some would call it probably a crusade of sorts. Uh, yeah. But you have been really focused on this idea yes. of really holding um, the administration and people who who uh, teach in our system accountable for academic achievement uh, and, and getting you know results for our students. Talk about why that's so important to you and what's your inspiration behind that? Yeah, and you know, um, before I go into that, I want to make sure that I don't take away credit for everything that our, our district has done. I mean, um, I think we've got some amazing schools, our administration, our teachers, everyone's doing such a wonderful job. Um, uh, again, before I get into that, you know, our, our um, expulsions, our level of engagement is way uh, significantly better, uh, been improved year over year. Uh, and the, the environment in our schools is very good. It's excellent, it's safe. I myself have kids in the school district, and you know what, I can tell you as a parent, as a board member, 
I feel comfortable sending my kids to school every day. So that says a lot from where we were years ago. Uh, so now that we've got all that behind us, we have a great learning environment. Um, kids are safe. Um, kids are ready to learn. We've got to focus on academics. And you know, yes, um, we are in, I've said before, last year my saying was we're in a state of, uh, state of urgency that everything has to be treated with a state of urgency. Um, this year, I, I'm saying, you know, we're a state of emergency. We are at the point that we need everyone in our district focused on improving academics because we know we can do it. We know our kids can do it. And it takes everyone from administration, teachers, paras, everyone in our district, and including parents. Um, focused this year to make sure that we improve our standardized test scores. Um, we simply can't let, uh, we need to improve. And, and going forward, uh, I think it's everyone's goal and best interest that we uh, improve our test scores. And I think our, our kids are ready. They're uh, ready for that next step. Um, so in an essence, that's, you know. So that's, that's kind of the essence of kind of, yeah, yeah. so why do you so obviously when we're talking about student achievement and and helping students reach their full potential it's obviously it's a complex issue right there are lots of factors that go That's into that when so you mentioned standardized test scores yes um, why do you think we struggle uh you know particularly here in our district sure. and, and and it's not we're not unique to this but why do you think we struggle hitting those targets that that we all want to hit. What do you think some of the main issues and reasons behind why that can be challenging mm-hmm. at times? Well, I think it, uh, there are many reasons, like you said. I mean, we um, we need to do we as parents ourselves need to do a better job, uh, or just needs to stay focused ourselves at ensuring that our kids are ready to go to school every day. They are learning that we are keeping a school our kids in schools every day. You know, we have a um, high um, absenteeism rate and chronic truancy and and we need to improve that so we as parents have our um, own part of this right secondly um, I think we you know we need uh, it, it's it's a huge school district right we've it's very complex we got a lot of issues uh, so we need to be at the point that every classroom at every level every school is um, is has a very high standard of rigor that every student is being challenged um, regardless of their level where they're at that they are being challenged because that's the only way we're going to grow um, and that not only are we be, are we challenge them but that we do that on a daily and consistent basis right we can't take uh, our eye off the ball it we need to treat this with a sense of urgency that every single day counts every um, every hour every minute that we have with our students teacher to student contact time uh, that we take advantage of that opportunity uh, and we you know we improve that so I know you've heard this from many you know from many educators and you just mentioned it right about uh, that you know you, you you talked about parents need to take more of a more responsibility be more accountable um, what do you think because we've talked about this idea you just mentioned this idea of readiness right students coming to school ready to learn but we know that's often not the case so I, I guess you've heard this before and I just again I just want to hear your what are your thoughts on this when people say well hey look you know kids come to us 
Um, and some of them have significant learning disabilities. Some of them have social emotional issues. Um, you know, you mentioned tardiness and truancy, lack of parental support. What do you think is a reasonable expectation, I guess, for a teacher who who maybe gets a kid who is maybe reading some grade levels behind? What is your what should be a reasonable expectation of what? A teacher is able to do with with students who have they have a room full of students, uh, all at different levels. Um, what does that look like in that classroom sure, for that sure. teacher to try to get everyone to the level that they need to be? Yeah, so I think, uh, like you mentioned, there's many, ch- there are just a lot of challenges that we have, right? And one of the things that we need to do better from the administrative perspective is to ensure that we're supporting teachers in that respect, that we're setting the um, we're setting the, the policies and procedures so that uh, teachers are more or less uh, focused on set of uh, so we, so we don't have as much uh, disparity within one classroom so that we have students that that are ready for that classroom and that classroom so that teachers can focus more on that level uh, but yes it's it's definitely significant uh, issues um one of the things, one of the reasons uh, that you and I first, when we first came, became acquainted, uh, you were part of the Latino Coalition, Correct. and um, you've been you've been part of that group now for several years. And uh, you know, this group act, interacts with the, the superintendent and members of his cabinet to particularly advocate um, for you know issues and and uh, things that uh, affect Hispanic students. Um, you know, since you've been a part of those meetings and discussions, what do you think are the biggest challenges and issues facing uh, Hispanic students today? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, um, I have to admit that I have not been as active the last few years, uh, that group, so my head off to that group that continues to, to advocate for a lot of the issues that affect our community. Um, again, as far as specifically focus, I, I, you know, on a specific group, um, at the end of the day, I think uh, some of the challenges are are, are similar, right? Um, the being ready to learn and um, sometimes a communication, but at the same time, I think we've seen a significant improvement um, uh, specifically with Hispanic students um, in, in achievement. So um, that's actually encouraging. But yes, we, we still struggle issues with communications at times. Um, you know, parents... Uh, sometimes with the communication in the classroom and so forth, but I think things are actually improving. You know, it's interesting you say that because uh, it, it, it falls in line with um, what the data says. So, for example, when we talk about uh, sometimes national issues uh, that involve uh, Hispanics, a lot of people who don't understand, uh, they think that the, the perception is often that, um, you know, well, hey, they, you know, they're talking immigration or these are the issues that affect Hispanics the most. But if you look at the Pew research, um, it clearly states over the, over several years now that the number one issues that Hispanics consistently say uh, that they want improve is um, in uh, our educational system. The, the educational system is number one, I, I believe. 
securing the nation from further terrorist attacks is number two. Uh, I think um, the economy is number three and then health care and then immigration. So it falls right in line that that's the number one issue uh, that the Hispanic community cares about is improving the educational system. You know, why do you think that is? Why do you think that's the most well, important? Well, uh, yeah, no, let's let's be realistic. Uh, the, the Hispanic uh, students that are in our district, the vast majority of uh, the kids are students that are that are born here and sometimes many generations. Um, so sometimes there's a misperception, you know, of who the, the kids are in our district. But in reality, that's I think that's why, um, because we're in, in most cases, we're just like any other parents, right? That we want the great education for our kids. We want to see them succeed. So that's why I think you see some of those issues say we're not that much different. We have the similar issues, similar concerns as mostly everyone here in the community. We're part of the same community, and in respect, we have very similar challenges uh, ahead of us. We're all all people, right? We're all facing the same issues. We all live here, same issues. Um, one One of the programs specifically in the educational system that tries to address some of those issues is our bilingual program where you know you have students who enter that program who are trying to learn you know English as a second language um, so that they can you know you know better assimilate to our, our society and our community um, you know just based on your knowledge of that program because we have, we have we've had it around for a while lots of students are in that program what do you just in your your opinion what do you think the expectations are for the parents who have students in that program and the students themselves when they're in that program? What do you think they, they hope to gain? All right. So, uh, and that's one item that we need to clarify, right? Many people, when they're, there's, there's bilingual and there's uh, dual language, right? They're completely separate programs, uh, bilingual specifically to assist our students in getting ready for uh regular English level classes that they can attend just like any other student. Uh, so the, the, you know, the, the purpose of that is to get our students ready. Um, so I think in general, um, you know, we've had a pretty good program. Um, yes, we've had occasionally some issues with, you know, can't keep everyone happy, but in overall, I think we're doing a pretty good job in transitioning students from where they're at and where they need to be to be in, in, um, in regular classes with everyone else. So, so you talked now. You said you've been on the board now three years, and to your point, right? Everybody with similar issues. You you represent a group of constituents who are who are who are from all sorts of backgrounds, right? Everyone's, and so when you're out and about and you're talking to your constituents and in, in your you know the subdistrict uh, G, what 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 kind of questions do they have? What what are some of the issues that you think that that, that are facing them? What, what do they tell you that they care about as relates to um, you know, Rockford Public Schools. Yeah, you know, so that's, I think it varies by, by year, by time. Um, as you can just imagine, sometime during the school, start of the school year is uh, transportation issues and so forth. But, um, you know, I think there's there's a mix. Uh, from my perspective, what I've seen, there's a mix of, uh, uh, of comments um, uh, ranging from, again, people concerned about where we're going as a district from the education uh, achievement perspective and others that are you know uh, overall very very satisfied so we've got a range I think um, the the academies are putting a lot of perspective for our students the their um, uh, parents are are in general um, you know 
happy to see that the students are engaged and 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 stay in courses that they want to see that they that they want to see once they graduate. So it helps them stay in that path. Um, so I, I guess in general, I guess just to summarize, I don't know that there's one particular issue. It's been a variety of issues that that's come up. Um, but I think in general, you know, uh, I think the 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 level of comments that we're getting um, has changed significantly, and it's more on you know it's they're more positive, they're more encouraging. Uh, people uh, again in general, I, I'd say I've talked to many parents in my sub district G, and, and people feel very comfortable with our schools, with the safe environment that we have, and that that you know that's a lot to say for uh, district this size. That's good. Um, so I, I often, are, you know, when we're talking about education, um, I, you know, the, 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 I think the, the, big, the, the most important relationship, I would say, in terms of getting results is between the student and the teacher. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, how important that role is of the teacher and, um, you know, and, and the relationship with uh, the Rockford Education Association and just their role in our district. Obviously, they're critical. Um, you know, how important is that relationship and the role of our teachers in our system? You know, uh, you can talk to, you know, you can talk to a lot of students, right? A lot of our challenging students. And, and, and you know from a lot of folks that reality is um, a lot of these kids, um, uh, Teachers are a big influence in their life. Um, if if it wasn't for our teachers, there would be uh, some of these kids would not have uh, motivation. They would not have drive. Uh, there would be uh, you know a lot, teachers play a significant role in our community. They inspire our kids, and uh, I think the relationship with the REA or teachers is is very good. I think in general we've um, come a long ways, and uh, but you know teachers play a significant role. Uh, every day, you know, when we just recently talked about, you know, what what it's needed to improve the academic achievement and talked about rigor, when we talk about rigor in the classroom at every level, when we talk about consistency on a day-to-day basis, um, and engagement. It's all, if you think about it, all those three items, uh, rigor, consistency, engagement, it all comes down to the student and teacher. It, it, and that's what it all comes down to. Um, so... You know, our hats off to every teacher that goes uh, every single day and um, uh, manages our classroom and uh, does an ex- do an excellent job in in uh, in you know educating our kids. There are a lot of teachers out there. You know, it, what's really encouraging is that we have a lot of teachers that um, that don't see teaching as just a job, right? They see teaching as their calling for whatever reason whatever reason in their life they see teaching as their calling this was their calling they could have had another job in industry but for whatever reason they decided to be a teacher because they they wanted to change people's lives uh so teachers are at the heart um of our schools and you know i, I think we uh, as much as we say you know we've got to change uh academic improvement we've got to improve uh, at the same time uh, you know we want to make sure that we don't discredit the, the work uh, that all our teachers are doing because it's um, it's significant. I mean, you know, dealing with kids day to day and it, it's challenging and they do a wonderful job. Yes, they do. And they absolutely should be commended. Um, along those same lines, one of the things that I know the board um, collectively has, has really 
been focused on, it's really important to the board, is diversifying the teaching ranks. Um, what are your thoughts on um, you know, that particular issue of diversifying the teacher ranks? Do you think that really matters in educating uh, a student? Do you think it matters the race of the teacher? Do you think that helps improve uh, student performance for some kids? Oh, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. I think it helps. At the same time, when we talk about diversity, um, my my thinking is that we need to do it in a very uh, thoughtful, methodical way. We can't just say we need diversity because we need diversity, right? Reality is that um, there's a pool of teachers that, and that's who they are, and we do the best to get. We should do the best that we can to get the diverse candidates that are qualified and have that drive to teach our kids because at the end of the day it does not help to have someone that looks like our kids uh, from my diverse background just to have them there right we want teachers that are motivating our kids that are teaching our kids um that's that's a type of teacher but yes uh, i think to answer your question is um ideally we want to see more diverse candidates uh teaching our kids so that uh, you know the students feel more engaged uh, at the same time you know again to me it comes down to to teachers that are that see this as their calling that see this as their drive because regardless of what race or nationality they are when we have teachers that they see this as their um, as more than just a job that they're punch in punch out that's what's going to drive our academics because they are going to get keep those kids engaged regardless of what's going on. And we know they're doing it, right? We know we know teachers in our district that regardless of what race, what uh, nationality they are, they are engaging our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, you, when you look back, whatever, whatever, whatever your time, whenever you decide that, uh, that you, know, you, won't, you won't do this anymore, but when you look back at the time you've served on the school board and the work you put in, you all put in a lot of volunteer hours, and again, we appreciate that. What what is your idea of success going to look like when you look back and say, "Hey, as a, you know, this is this is what I think we've accomplished, and this is what success will look like for this district, for our students, and for our families." Right. Well, I think there were. Uh, I hope uh, there are two things. One, like you mentioned, um, I've been pretty consistent that uh, that we all, all of us, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a parent, whether you're an administrator. Um, we should all be accountable, uh, and we should all have a sense of urgency. Um, we can't let um, you know, can't let issues keep getting past another semester, another year. Uh, our kids, our kids need education, and our kids need to be challenged today, uh, tomorrow. We can't let you know uh, this. We can't let issues drag on and thinking that we're well attack it next semester we'll have a plan next year um so basically that's that's one if you know if i uh when i'm done whenever i'm done with the school board if 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 i were able to achieve that change in culture um i would be satisfied to say you know uh, we are now looking at a district level from a different perspective they're saying every single minute every single hour every single day counts and as soon as issues come up we are addressing them we are making plans to improve we we're driving immediately we're not waiting around um 
for another program to come or that we're addressing the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously, again, you mentioned earlier about our, our you know, we have a large school district. We have lots of schools, uh, lots of uh, support staff uh, that, that support uh, education. And then you have a community uh, oftentimes who are engaged, but some who are just kind of out on the outside looking in. Um, when, when, when people, when, when, when things come up in, in, a, in a school system, you do, like you said, they're depending on what the issue is, um, what do you think is the biggest misconception about, you know, what happens in a school, uh, you know, at the board level, at the central office level? What do you think it is? Is there something that you think people, you would like people to understand better uh, when we're when we're doing this type of work, uh, you know, how, how do you, what do you think that is? You know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that we still have out there uh, is that, you know, that Rockford Public Schools are not good. I think that's the biggest misconception out there uh, in the community, with many many of our own in our community and from the external, uh, outside our surrounding region. But in reality, I think um, you know uh, we had challenges, you know, years, decades ago. But we've got excellent schools in our district, and uh, we've got to change that mentality because I don't quite think that's the case. Like I said, we've got very good. Uh, we have schools that are uh, performing very well. Um, our kids are safe, especially when you talk about you know twenty eight thousand, more than twenty thousand uh, students in our district. Uh, this size, our schools are doing excellent in terms of um, you know the the challenges that we have. So uh, that is, I think, the biggest mis- uh, misconception that's out there in the community with with many in our community, even if within our community, that uh, that the Rockville schools. Uh, do not, you know, do not have good programs or do not have uh, good schools. Uh, there are excellent programs. Uh, you know, we have the Gifted Program. We have Kappa, uh, Montessori, uh, Barber. There are a lot of special programs that uh, our kids are benefiting from. Um, and and so that that would be, I guess, the the number one issue that I see as a challenge that is that is haunting us from from years and decades back. Uh, but that's not quite the case. I invite, you know, I invite parents uh, uh, and anyone in the community who, um, you know, who has that perception to come in and visit one of our schools and you will see the environment. You will see that uh, uh, things have changed from what that perception was 10, 15 years ago. As I mentioned, uh, you know, board members don't get paid. Uh, It's, uh, you know, you spend you, you give up a lot of your time. And again, it's much appreciated. Uh, whether you're at committee meetings, visiting schools, board meetings, when you, um, when you know, when you're doing that work, what do you think as a board member? What do you, what would you say is your, what do you feel is your most most important role as a board member? What do you, what is it that you do or you think you should be doing in your role? Right. You know, that's uh, interesting because uh, because if you listen to some of um, uh, some of our public meetings, you know, you'll have folks that uh, accuse us from every single thing you can think of, and and sometimes it's hard. You know, you're you're out there. Um, it's hard because you are out there donating your time. Um, you don't get a single dime, and unlike what people think, um, we're not making, we're not benefiting in any way or form from being on the school board. Um, our you know, our benefit, our satisfaction is that we 
are are all collectively doing, uh, helping out, pitching in to improve our district. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's occasionally it's hard when you hear those comments about uh, what people think, but um, you know it, it's it's tough. But at the same time, we all, you know, reality is we all can do something to better our schools and we all have a responsibility except whether you're a parent whether you're a teacher whether you're someone in the community we all have our responsibility and we all benefit from having great schools right these are the kids that are going to be our, our future generations these are the kids that are going to be driving the economic force in our community so we all we all have a responsibility what i guess what i want to say is that if we all pitched in just a little bit Whatever that is, you know, we are all able to do something, whether it's um, assisting in PTOs, whether it's uh, chaperoning students, uh, whether it's running for school board, whatever it is, we can all do something. And if we, if everyone in our community pitched in with that little bit of something that they can, um, I think our, our issues would get solved a lot quicker and we would have a stronger community. Um, so, I guess to answer your question is I'm just doing that little bit of something that I can uh, and hope that uh, other parents and other people in the community do the same as well. That was fantastic. And I actually think that's probably a good place to, to end there. But before we go, I have some questions that I ask everyone. And so I want to ask you the same three questions. The first is, um, uh, if you, if you, your family, it's your birthday, hypothetically, it's your birthday, uh, and your either your family or someone says we want they we want to take you out to eat, or you they want to, or we want to cook you your favorite meal. Uh, what what is Jaime' favorite thing to sit down? What are you going to order? What's your go to every time you're going to order? What's your favorite food to eat? You know, so the, uh, you said this is the question you've asked everyone. So now you're telling me I should have listened to your prior podcast. <laughs> so now you got me. Um, yeah, you know, um, when it comes to food, um, I am very flexible. Okay. I can eat almost anything. Okay. And I actually am that type of person that I enjoy um, always trying out something new. So I guess I don't have a favorite food, if anything. Interesting. If, if, I, if anything... Uh, uh, it, to me, what makes it special is trying something different. Okay. So when it comes to food, if uh, um, yes, it would be, I guess, to answer your question, what what else can I try that I haven't tried? That would okay. be okay. Fair enough. Yeah. The other one is um, if you're in a, in your car and uh, or I, I ask you for a ride and I get in your car or you're at home relaxing and you're listening to music, what are you listening to? Yeah. Um, I don't listen to much of music, to be honest, okay. uh, over the radio the last few years. But, um, uh, you know, uh, time is very limited for all of us. It, you know, we all spend our time differently. And um, as you can just imagine with kids, home, work, uh, you know, school board, um, it, it's hard to. So when I'm on the card, I, I try to listen, especially on, on longer trips. Um, I try to listen to uh, podcasts. 
uh, audio box. Except this one. <laughs> no, no, no. That's on my to-do list. <laughs> That's on my to-do list. Uh, but uh, you know, audiobooks. Um, sure. You know, there, it, technology. You know, one of the things is technology has enabled us to do things very differently, right? And we got to take advantage of technology. You can, you know, you can, um, you can download apps from your public library for free here in Rockford, uh, from your public library where there's Hoopla um, uh, and there's another app as well. And you can download audiobooks. You know, you don't have to leave your home. Uh, and we and reality is, almost everyone has a phone nowadays. So um, we can all download a book. You know, any subject that you can think about, whether you want to read it, listen to it in the car. And um, uh, technology has enabled us to do things differently. And um, so that's what I, okay. I like to do when I can. That's interesting. Yeah. That's why I ask because yeah. everyone has a different answer. And then lastly. Um, since you just you, you you know listening to all, you know audiobooks which you listen to what about uh television if you had a do you is there a favorite tv show or your favorite movie if you had a if there's a movie that you could say I, I can go back and watch that one again uh what would that be oh yeah of course you gotta put me on the spot but you know because i also don't um uh, i don't watch a lot of tv i do enjoy movies every now and then uh especially uh with the family but uh um there are a lot of movies. Uh, one that, you know, because I have kids uh, and I've watched a lot of kids' movies that I could watch again would be uh, sure. How to Train Your Own Dragon. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, Jaime Escanbibo, uh, thank you so much for your, your time, taking the time to speak with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Dawson. Really appreciate this uh, conversation. And um, again, I just, uh, one last item is as we talked, you know, um, I hope everyone thinks about just uh, what can we all do to help our community and we can all do something so uh, if we all do something this community will look much more different so thank you thank you very much appreciate it thank you for joining us on the 205 vibe podcast if you'd like to comment on the show please call us at 815-490-4117 leave us a voice message and tell us what you think thanks for listening thanks for listening